0: you'll take your Bibles and open them to the Gospel of Mark chapter 15. If you've got a pew Bible, it's page 904. For these next few moments, um, we're going to tackle another group of people that's on trial. And what you find is that that there is a crowd that's on trial when you come to Mark 15. And to be honest with you, the whole wide world's on trial in Mark 15 um, because the world is always looking for a different Jesus. In fact, there can be a large argument that is said today that the church looks for a different Jesus um, because sometimes the Jesus of the Bible doesn't job with the life of the church. So instead of the church changing, we want a Jesus that changes. Unfortunately, that's just the world we live. Um, As we walk through these past several weeks, we've talked about this amazing uh, last days and the last hours of Jesus' life from the upper room to the empty tomb. And we talked about how that Jesus was on trial. And we talked about how they let him take uh, they let he let them take him and he let them try him and he let them condemn him you remember that Uh, Jesus was the one in charge it looks like he's not in charge it looks like he's chained it looks like he's being spat upon and beaten and mocked and laughed at and he has no recourse whatsoever which would be the furthest thing from the truth At any moment, he could have pulled himself away from that. At any moment. Jesus came to experience the full weight of everything that those last hours would hold for him. Because he did all of that for us. Then we looked at how that Peter, Peter, like us, Peter was on trial. Peter was that, that very guy that, that, that said that he would never, ever deny Jesus. You, hey, Jesus, let him kill me. Babe, hey, I'll never deny you, right? Words he said that he never thought that he would ever go back on. And we've done that. We've all said things like that. We've all made comments like, hey, I'll I'll die for Jesus, that kind of thing. If push comes to shove, let me, I'll die for Jesus. No, I don't think that's true because we have a hard enough time learning how to live for Jesus. So the very thing that he calls us to do is live for him. And yet Peter spoke up and he said, I would never deny Jesus. And yet the Bible declares that here is Peter. Peter on trial, followed Jesus. He denied Jesus. He remembered what Jesus had said. When Jesus looked at him, he wept, he, he repented. All of those things happen in Peter's life in just a few short hours of time. He went from being in that inner circle with Jesus, being in the garden of Gethsemane with Peter, James, and John, being that sleeping disciple when he should have been praying, he was sleeping. And then when the mob came and took Jesus away, Peter at least followed. He didn't hide in fear. He followed. And today we come to that passage and, In in the Gospel of Mark chapter 15, where we look at the crowd, I mean, there is the crowd. The crowd is there. The crowd is there for Passover, but the crowd is there for Barabbas. Now, you need to note this, that, that there was a crowd of people there for the civil trial of Barabbas. Barabbas was a folk hero. He was the dude. I mean, if there was Barabbas t-shirts, everybody would want one because he was the guy that, that made a stand that he was an insurrectionist. He was the person that was going to overthrow, he was going to overthrow Rome. He was going to put them in their place. And he was being tried for being an insurrectionist and a murderer. So there was a crowd there that day. Sometimes we liken that crowd unto the same ones that cried out Hosanna, which the argument can be made that maybe that crowd wasn't there that hollered Hosanna. Because just like the multitude of the disciples that followed Jesus, they ran in fear. Why would they come on his behalf now? Why would they stand there and line themselves or put themselves in alignment with Jesus when what was going to happen to him could happen to them? So regardless if the crowd was the Hosanna crowd or the Barabbas crowd, it was still a crowd. And that crowd spoke up. And that crowd was on trial that day. And when you read the text, It starts out in verse number one, it says, And as soon as the morning, having held a meeting, as soon as it was morning, having held a meeting with the elders, the scribes, and the whole Sanhedrin, the chief priests tied Jesus up and they led him away and they handed him over to Pilate. I mean, think about it. I mean, what are they going to do? Why are they tying up Jesus? I mean, at any given moment, I mean, by this time, the, the sun is getting ready to come up. It's probably in the fourth watch of the night. Jesus had already been beaten and beaten and beaten and just mocked and slapped and, and, and pulverized. And where's he going to go? Where's he going? But yet they wanted to make a statement. And, and, and these pious people, I mean, these were the religious hypocrites of that day. And you find right there that they were one of the very first ones that rejected Jesus. The religious people rejected Jesus. I mean, we talked about the three trials that that Jesus was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was marched down that hill. He was taken into the court of, uh, of Annas, the former high priest. And then from there, he went to Caiaphas. And from Caiaphas, he came back before the whole Sanhedrin. And that's what you find in chapter 14. And that's what you also find in verse 1 of 15. That the whole Sanhedrin has spoken and the, and, the, and the verdict is out. We reject this Jesus. The religious people did not want this Jesus. They wanted this Jesus to be dead. See, that just paints a picture, really, of what's wrong with the world, right? Right? that religion and religious people are are, are the very thing that, that creates pain and suffering all over this world because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship and we have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and that relationship is not a religion. And yet the religious leaders that day They wanted nothing more than destroy Jesus because Jesus interrupted their religion. Because all the religious leaders for Caiaphas and Annas and the Sanhedrin and all of the religious environment of that day had gotten rich off the backs of people. Religion had made them wealthy. And they were very wealthy, they were extremely wealthy. They were extremely powerful. They were the people that that, that that had everything that you could ask for. They were religious and they were rich. And therefore, when this man that was born in a bald manger in, in, in Bethlehem and, and, and he lived all of his life as son of a carpenter and he's getting ready to hang on a bald cross and lay it in a bald tomb and he had nowhere to lay his head, This very Jesus that that did not flaunt anything other than being a servant to people, they rejected him. There was no room for Jesus with the pious religious people of that day. And yet that is no different than today because they did not want Jesus then and they do not even want Jesus now. You find that. In fact, verse 2 said, So that they handed him over to Pilate. So Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You say so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate questioned him again, Aren't you going to answer? Look how many things that they're accusing you of? Question mark. But Jesus still did not answer. So Pilate was amazed. At the festival, Pilate used to, release, uh, used to release for the people a prisoner from whom they had requested. There was one named Barabbas who was in prison with rebels who had committed murder in, in, during the rebellion. And the crowd came up and they began to ask Pilate to do for them as was the custom. Pilate answered them, "'Do you want me to release the king of the Jews for you?' For for he knew that it was because of envy that the chief priest handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he would release Barabbas to them instead. Pilate asked them again, "'Then what do you want me to do with the one you call the king of the Jews?' And they all began to shout out loud, "'Crucify him!' And Pilate said to them, Why? What has he done wrong? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! Verse 15, Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them, and having Jesus flogged or scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. So what you have here is that Jesus, in a few short hours, has gone through six different trials. Three of them are by the religious people. And all three of those trials before Annas, before Caiaphas, before the Sanhedrin, without exception, all of them says, we reject this king. We do not want his authority in our life. There is no place in our religion for this kind of Jesus. They rejected him. Can I tell you? They rejected him. And when you look at that rejection, you see how that that not only was rejected by the pious people, but he was also rejected by the political elite of that day. That's where the three other trials happened. It was Pontius Pilate, then it was Herod Antipas, and then Herod sent him back to Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate, Herod and Pontius Pilate, all of them agreed. There is only one remedy to silence the crowd. Let's let them make a choice. Let's let them choose. And they made the choice. You think about the political ramifications of what happened with with Jesus. Pilate, of all the things that he said in the text that you just heard, he said to the people, I don't see anything wrong with this guy. I mean, before you think Pilate was this really neat guy, he was in a bad place. He was a governor, and he had only supposed to have been a governor for a few short years. He was on his way up in in the Roman government, but he got stalemated. In Jerusalem, And he had been there some say 12 years, some say 10 years But whether it was 10 or 12, it was way too long to be there He was at a dead end road and he was going nowhere And if you read the other narratives of the Gospels They began to bring accusations against Pilate it Says Pilate, if you don't do something to do away with this man Then how can you be for Caesar? This man says he's greater than Caesar You should kill him And Pilate knew that nothing was done wrong by Jesus. But for fear of what it would cost him, he rejected Jesus. See, isn't that the political landscape of our world? Is there any place in the political arena, anywhere in this world, where Jesus can have a seat at the table? The very things that, that we stand for as Christians in the Word of God, in the person of Christ, in the very principles and the precepts of, of who Christ is, has no place in the political world. They don't want that Jesus. Because that Jesus is extremely uncomfortable. Pilate, he rejected Jesus. Herod Antipas, when he was brought before Jesus and, and, and the scripture declares it like this, that when, when Herod heard him in Luke 23, when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because he'd been wanting to meet this Jesus. And this is what he said. He says, because for a long time, he'd been wanting to see him. And from what, what he wanted from him was to, not only to hear about him, but he hoped that this Jesus would be, perform a miracle so he could witness it. So here is a man, one of the most powerful men of his day, Herod Antipas. And here is the governor of Palestine, Pontius Pilate. And that one rejected Jesus because he was afraid of what it would cost him. And the other one admired him to a point that he couldn't find any blame in him. And he sent him back to be judged officially. So what do you have? You have the son of God Being rejected. Being rejected by the who's who of that day. The political minds, the religious minds, everybody that that had intellect and, 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 and power and influence, they all with one agreement, they rejected Jesus. They did not want Jesus. And then Jesus makes his way before the crowd. And there the option was given as it was the custom of Caiaphas to release a prisoner. And the crowd had come because of, of Barabbas had been arrested and he was an insurrectionist and a murderer. And they were going to try him and nail him to the cross. They were going to do to Barabbas what they were going to do to Jesus, what they did to Jesus. They were going to nail him to the cross. And then they began... Pontius Pilate made them an offer. Says, "Hey, as it is the custom, I release one of these prisoners. Which one do you want?" I mean, just imagine. There's Barabbas, and there's a beaten, pulverized Jesus, and the crowd wanted Barabbas, and they wanted one thing for Jesus. They wanted Jesus to be dead. Pilate thought, maybe, maybe if I gave them an option, surely they won't choose this murderer over this man who's done nothing wrong. But majority ruled, right? The majority spoke and everybody in agreement. And the religious people incited the crowd. And everybody spoke on behalf of the religious group. And they said, let's kill Jesus. Let's crucify him. But give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Man, when I think about the whole moment in time when Jesus of all, he came unto his own and his own rejected him and the very people that he would have saved and loved and and nourished and, and encouraged and changed their whole life, they didn't want him. Because see, the truth is spoken there. The majority got what they wanted. And the majority is never right. Because all you got to do is just read Matthew 7 and Jesus puts you in the right place and perspective to understand the majority. Jesus says, wide is the road that leads to destruction. And there are many upon many. In fact, in the, in the Greek Language, that word for many is masses and masses and masses of multitudes of people on that wide road that's dumping out at one spot, and it's hell. And Jesus said, this is the reality. That if we're going to get on the right road with Jesus, we're going to be on the narrow path. And there are few that find it. There are few that even want it. There are few that even have a passion or desire to pursue after it. But the wide road is filled with with the populace of people. The vast majority and the vast majority will find themselves to be wrong. Just like the crowd that day was wrong. They rejected Jesus. Jesus was rejected by the people. They all rejected the one, the only one that they really needed. See, Jesus is the one that we need. Today in our culture, millions of people are religious people. You think of Islam, you think of What Islam does, and they've taken Jesus. Jesus was a great prophet, and Muhammad rooted him out of the way, and and Muhammad became the chief prophet. So Jesus is just a good prophet, but he was rejected by Islam. You take Hinduism, you take Buddhism, you take all the adherents of both of those, and what you will find is they worship all kind of gods, but this Jesus has no place. He's a good prophet, but that's it. You take the culture of greed in our culture today, that Jesus is great, grand, and good. Give me Jesus when I die, but don't give me Jesus while I'm trying to make a living. Don't let Jesus disrupt my pleasure. Do not let Jesus disrupt my finances. Do not let Jesus disrupt anything. I will reject him hands down every time because I have no place for Jesus. And yet the very one that we need is Jesus. They all rejected the only one that could rescue them. Barabbas was good as an insurrectionist, but he was one man. He could not rid them of Rome. He could not hide uh, uh, well enough to keep from being caught. And he was taken and arrested. And they wanted an insurrectionist. And yet Jesus is the only one that could rescue them and they rejected him. They rejected the very one that could rescue them. The people, the people spoke and this is what the people said. The people said, give us Barabbas. If you read the Gospels, you know that in in the Gospel of Matthew and also in the the Gospel of John, you find over and over again that, that when they talk about Barabbas, he had a name. His name was Jesus Barabbas. And there's Jesus of Nazareth. There's two Jesuses on trial that day. There was one named Jesus Barabbas, and then there's Jesus of Nazareth. And the very name, Barabbas means the, the, the son of the father. I mean, here they wanted Barabbas, the son of the father. Jesus is Barabbas. He's the son of the father, right? He's the one true son of the father. And they did not want that son of the father. They wanted the son of the flesh they got what they wanted in Barabbas, they rejected the only one, the one and only Barabbas that could change them, that truly the son of the father. For just a few moments, I want you to think through this with me. What they wanted is what a lot of people today want. They wanted a Barabbas that they could live with. That's what the crowd wanted. Give me me a Jesus that don't make me feel guilty. Give me a Jesus, a Barabbas that I can live with. Give me a Barabbas or a Jesus Barabbas that that was like them and, and more like them than the Jesus of Nazareth. In other words, give me somebody like me to save me. And can, can I tell you that nobody like me can save you? And nobody like you can save you. That's why, when God gave us something, He gave us His Son. His Son was totally 100% God. And yet, He was born of a virgin. He was all man and all God and all at the same time. And yet for that moment in time, here is Jesus on trial, rejected by everybody that should have known better. But he was rejected because they wanted a Jesus, a Barabbas that was like them, instead of a Barabbas that could make them like Jesus, the true Son of God. People get what they want. They will. And one day they'll realize that what they wanted, they wish they hadn't got. But for those of us who are Christians, and we know what it means to believe that that he is the way, the truth, and the life, period, period, and nobody can come to the Father except by Him, period. And we turn from our sin and trust Him to be our Savior, period. Not a question mark, but period. And we give our whole life to Him that He who never sinned became sin for us on the cross, period, and that's the period of our life, that it's not a question mark. Our life is not a question mark. It is a period that is followed by an explanation mark, that because Christ Jesus is my Savior, I will live my life, and my life will matter not just for now, but it will matter forever. And it should be a period followed by a whole long line of explanation marks, because that's what gives us a reason to live in this world because people know. We see the effects of people that reject Jesus every day. But does the world that rejects Jesus see the effects of the people's lives who have accepted Jesus? See, that crowd rejected him. But what will we do with this Jesus? Will we live our life with a question mark or with a period followed by an explanation mark? How will we live our life? Let's pray. Father, help us today to recognize that every, every part of every day of our life when we're in the public eye, that, that whether we like to think of it or not, we're on trial before a world. And the world watches us and they question us. And Lord, may the motives of our life and the intents of our heart be in such a way, God, that it is a demonstration that we have not rejected the true Jesus Barabbas, the true Jesus, Son of God, Son of the Father, the true Father, And Lord God, may we be a people that is so different from the world that people know that there's something so amazing about us that that they question what it is that that makes us different. And we can declare that we have trusted the only one that can rescue us, the only one that can fix us from our guiltiness, the only one that can give us life the true Jesus, the true Jesus, Barabbas, the true Jesus, the Son of the Father. Lord, for those who maybe sit in this room and week after week, it just becomes easier and easier to say no. Just just say no to you. They want evidence. They want something. They want a miracle. They want a sign. They want something. And God, you don't, you're not obligated for that today. You've given, them, given us your word. You've given us your truth. You've given us your Holy Spirit that quickens our heart. So, Father, today, all is needed that needs to be done is done. That our response, if we have not yet responded to you, and trusted you completely and totally to forgive us and cleanse us and live our life to please you. All that needs to be done is done. May the echo of our heart today would be, I do trust you, Jesus. I believe. All this unbelief is pushing it to the side, I believe, that you're the only one that no one else can save me. No one else can rescue me. No one else can forgive me. You're the only one. And I turn my whole life to you today. For a few moments as we stand to our feet, just for a few moments...